Tabitha. Hey. How are you? I'm good. So just finished a yin session. A yin session fresh off your birthday too. Guys, it was just Tabitha's birthday this past week. Yeah, turn Let's all wish her happy birthday. I think that's so exciting that it's 33. I love that number. You do. What's your favorite number? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it's so hard cuz like I get I get like angel numbers all the time everywhere. It's so hard. <laughs> You're like I like this number and this number. <laughs> oh, they're so cute. Thanks for thanks for the greeting, guys. <laughs> all right. Okay. So since we're going to post this on IGTV, I'm sure we can start um we have around five people on here. Let's start, since we're talking about your birthday, let's talk about <laughs> your signs. What are your sun, moon, and rising? Yeah, so my sun and moon are in Libra, and my rising is in Scorpio. Uh, I don't know if I should, like, expound on that because I'm not, like, super into astrology yet, but um, I think for most of my life, I felt mostly being a Libra um, and I'm just slowly, slowly understanding the Scorpio in me because like I didn't really understand, you know, anything about rising and or the mm-hmm. moon, yeah. right? Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, my husband is a Scorpio too, but that's oh. his, um, I think that's his son is in mm. Scorpio. Yeah. Interesting. My boyfriend's um, son is in Scorpio too. Look oh. at us. <laughs> And it's about to be Scorpio season. So that's, that's super right. interesting. I actually yeah. also find it very interesting that, so they say your rising sign is the person you grow into in this lifetime. And so fascinating that your husband's is Scorpio and that your rising is Scorpio. It's kind of like you're being guided through that. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Very, I think I'll, I'll try to get more in tune with that and his tendencies as well. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, that would be very interesting, actually. Um, so, since that, um, speaking of a lot of Libra, I would imagine that, like, balance is pretty important in your life or, like, in your everyday. What do you think so? Yeah, like, Like, huge. a very good balance. So, <laughs> when you're, um, or, like, how do you create this balance? Or when you're off of it, how do you find it easy to get back into the balance? Um, so it really depends on like what I am leaning towards, like in terms of like the abundance of blank. So I would say like, let's say the abundance of, um, too much movement, a lot of like thinking. So the way I see it is I usually relate it with doshas. Mm -hmm. So we can, we can talk about that if you want. Yeah, let's go into it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um. Okay, how do I start? So doshas are how life force energy manifests itself in our bodies. So we have this... This would be based on Ayurveda, right? Yes. So this ancient, very, very ancient science. Um, And so just like the best way to explain it I suppose is that these doshas they're all like these five elements so what are the five elements we have 
earth, water, fire, air, and ether. Mm-hmm. And doshas, there are three of them, and each one has like a combination of these elements. So let's talk about like vata. Um, vata is a combination of the air and the ether element. Um, we can talk or we can get deeper into vata. So people who are probably um, physically, they're like light skinned, um, possibly like very lean, um, athletic built. Um, when you think about vata and the earth element, so think about earth, what happens, earth, uh, earth sorry, air. Mm-hmm. <laughs> air is always like moving, moving, yeah. moving. Everything is up here. So like a very balanced vata would be super creative like sometimes they have like so many ideas that they have uh, on paper but the problem is if there's too much of the vata without balancing the other doshas then everything is just an idea and there's no like push to execute um Mm. right so that's how i can explain vata and then the second one would be a kapha so a kapha is a combination of the earth element and water they're mostly like earthy so when you think physically um they have like very luscious i like to call it luscious but like very Mm -hmm. like earthy tones in their bodies Mm -hmm. um you know, I think, like, their eyes are also, like, very nice and bright. Um, physically, oh, sorry, or, like, mentally, or their mental state sometimes can be very lazy if there's too much of it. Mm. So when you think earth, okay, like, when you ask, what does an earthy person, you know, seem like? Or how do you, how would you describe Define. an earthy person? Right? So it's, like, yeah. very grounded, very chill. And yeah. sometimes... When there's like an excess of that chillness, of that very lazy, yeah. Um, so, so also like just an example, like um, my husband is mostly kapha. So, um, his personality is he likes just staying in one place. Like he's he gets very comfortable. Um, so, like the idea of like moving around sometimes it like makes him feel a little anxious Mm. um for me as a vata i'm mostly vata which i'm trying to also balance i like moving around a lot so i love to travel um you know i can't stay at one place uh for long um and i have all these ideas also that i put on paper but you know, let's just say like 1% gets done. Um. (laughs) Um, That's actually, sorry, just a side note, but actually really interesting because you're also a double Libra, right? And Libra is air and that's all up here. So you can see the, (laughs) you can see the synchronicities with um, Ayurveda and astrology already right away. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, um, and also, like, if you're Vata, just in case, you know, anyone's watching and they relate to what I'm saying, Vata's in terms of, like, temperature, since they're already super air and ether, they get cold easily. So, mm. like, I don't like cold places. I love the sun. I love feeling the energy of the sun, um, the ocean as well. That's what gets me balanced, I guess, to answer your question. Um, and then the last one would be a Pitta. So pitta is a combination of fire and water, but mm. they relate it mostly to fire. And when you think about a fiery person, right? Like how would you, 
what would you say about a fiery person? Sometimes they can be very, very passionate about mm. something. Yep, um, lots of energy. <laughs> yeah, um, they can be very emotional because they're super passionate. Mm. Um, I love that. Physically, physically, because they have so much fire, and fire relates to our digestion. Um, and if there's a little bit of an imbalance there, then they can be, or they can actually have like a bit of acidity. So people suffering from acid reflux, uh, ulcer, um, that's like too much of pitta. Mm. So you want to balance that with. You don't want to drink coffee. Mm, exactly, <laughs> you want to drink more. Say. Yeah, you want to drink more tea. Um, you want to drink something that cools the body. Um, so like fresh fruits, uh, fresh vegetables, um, you know that sort. So it's yeah. really like about balancing it. And pitta, in terms of like their mental state, is since they are so passionate, they tend to be the leaders in like a group. So. They like to lead. They like to give orders, um, and yeah, they're just like super go 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 energy because it's all mm. fire, right? Yeah. So, so all these these three doshas, as much as possible, you want to just balance them out with, you know, um, what you're eating, with your mental state, with your lifestyle. So it's interesting that I've been trying to listen to my body more uh through the dosha so like you know i tell my my husband oh there's too much vata happening right now so too much air that means i need to ground so yeah. even like with my yoga um my body just feels the need to go slower mm. um so honoring that um in terms of like my diet i rarely drink anything iced because it just increases it. So I love like nice warm soups or cacao um, or hot tea. Um, yeah. Um, you said that drinking iced stuff or cold stuff increases um, spacey energy, like vata air energy. Yeah, your air energy. Very interesting. Okay. But um, also, random question, but I feel like I've heard that in Ayurveda, in totality, like that you shouldn't mm -hmm. drink cold or iced things. Yeah. Is this a thing? Yeah, um, that's what they say, like especially in the morning. So I haven't really like gotten deep, deep into Ayurveda. I wish I could learn more about mm -hmm. it. Um, but initially in the morning, you don't want to drink anything cold because you want to stoke that fire inside your, in your mm. digestive system. So you want to start metabolizing uh, early on so that you can start eliminating and then you know after you eliminate that's when you do like your yoga asanas your pranayama mm. which ideally you practice on an empty stomach got it very interesting yeah. so that's why like lemon water is what they say is like warm lemon water is always what's best to start a day right yeah Just, like, or perk up the fire actually um it can be lemon water but my teacher suggests just to put like a bit of salt and warm Ooh. water. Yeah, so that's helped me a lot. So, okay, so if you're vata, then you can be having some digestive issues like constipation. Because, um, <laughs> so, so what helped me is when you drink warm water with salt and you do like specific movements to like, let that water go mm. down in your digestive How system and like massage it 
Oh my gosh, it really like it does wonders. So I did like a video like maybe two years ago to help people, um, you know, with digestive yeah. issues, and it really works. It really works. Wow. And I did that. I did that in India because we had to practice at six a.m. So I would wake up at. 5.30 just to like get everything down oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's early but also that sounds really nice that sounds like a really nice um way to set up your day yeah to be like sure. it, perfect beginning yeah what what kind of um what kind of moves are they like yoga like that it's move? not too it's not too complicated to be honest um it's just like stretching the body so like bringing your arms up and then moving side to side mm, and then so like, that there's easy flow yeah and then like doing twists so mm. imagine like you're massaging your your intestines and you're allowing that water to just go down yeah i love it thank you for sharing that Sure. <laughs> very interesting. Um, all right. That's a very nice, I think, intro to what kind of yoga do you think would be good for each um, dosha? Or like what yeah. kind of yoga poses? Let's say like maybe three yoga poses for each. What do you think would be good for like too much air energy and then too much fire and um Earth huh. and water. Interesting question. Um, <laughs> okay, so I guess like people who have too much air need more grounding. So you want to focus on grounding asanas. So for me, grounding asanas would be like child's pose, being super close to mm. the earth and feeling the earth's energy. But at the same time, it can also be a standing asana where your feet are just firmly grounded and you're feeling the energy from underneath you so like i i love incorporating warrior poses because both mm. feet are are grounded and you're staying in that pose and you're really activating your your feet um i would say yin any like yin pose would be great for grounding um, okay. For Vata people, for airy people, um, but also like same goes. Oh, actually, um, I wouldn't say poses. So the way I see it is like sequences. So before, mm -hmm. for like a week, I did um, classes for all the three doshas in order to balance them. So for Vata, since everything is always like moving, 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 you want to slow things down. So like mm. a slower, more mindful practice where you really need to stay in one pose and just sit with it um, because it's not just your physical, it's also your mental state. So if in your mental state, you're super vata and while you're practicing, your mind goes elsewhere, um, then it's really like that challenge of trying to zoom in on mm. your breath and stay with the pose. So I would say like more conscious, controlled, slow, juicy yoga practice. Um, <laughs> for, <laughs> for someone who's pitta or super fiery, uh, I actually did like a yoga nidra because yoga nidra helps to cool the body uh, while you do you it. Can... And also say a little more about yoga nidra. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so yoga nidra is the... They call it the yogic sleep. Um, and it's a very, it's not a meditation, although it could be very similar to it. Uh, so you lie in Shavasana and someone just guides you into putting your body in a very relaxed state 
while keeping your mind aware. So it's like getting into that state of deep sleep. So let's say this is deep sleep and like being fully aware, you're like somewhere in the middle. Mm. So it's like that challenge of trying to be mentally aware while the body is like just so totally relaxed. So um, yoga nidra, I think, is a way, it's a great way for pitta because it really allows the body to cool because it gets super relaxed. Um, at the same time, to just like be still and allow the mind to be still as well. Um, so yeah, I would say also like a lot of grounding for Pitta. For mm -hmm. Kapha, <laughs> since Kapha is like earthy, super slow, it would be nice to have more like vinyasas or something that's a little more fast paced to put a little fire into mm. your system, right? So Kapha is earth and water. So you want a little bit of fire to like spark um, passion. Yeah, but the thing is, you know, like kaphas are naturally athletic, um, mm. according to their constitution, is that they're very like athletic people. They like doing super hardcore things. So yeah, it's so it would be interesting that it's interesting that they're super into that already. <laughs> that, mm. that whole that's vinyasa. exactly what they need. Yeah, that's what they very need. Fascinating. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, nice. Okay, um, what? Is that's earth air how about if someone was like extra if we're gonna translate it to like astrological circumstances oh, how okay. about if someone was extra like um watery like too much water energy or wait for that to pass yeah i'm sorry like or no worries busy. <laughs> um so it depends so too much water could possibly be too much pitta or too much too, let's say too much um well for astrology when we think of water signs we think of emotional signs so like okay. a lot of emotions let's say a sign like that what would you think mm. is good yoga for emotions um i would have to say releasing stuff so let's say like a lot of hip opening Mm. heart opening because you know we store a lot of our emotions in our mostly our hips like our pelvic region yeah. um when you feel whatever that emotion is especially if it's like a i don't want to say it's a bad emotion because i don't want to like categorize yeah. it but let's just put it that way um something that causes tension there you go in the body then you feel that your hips everything like just tenses up like when mm. you remember something or when you're angry and you're like kind of keep it in everything tenses up so um a great yoga practice would be a lot of like yeah opening up the hips like a malasana maybe like that yogic squat mm. um heart opening like bow pose or like dancer pose nice okay that's very interesting yeah. <laughs> very interesting it's like welcoming in the emotion with the with the poses, right? And I think what I love about that is it's never really easy to get into those poses. Like you sit in those poses, actually rather it's kind of easy to get into them and really hard to stay in them. So when yeah. the emotion comes up, I feel like it's like, okay, how much longer can I keep going as I'm feeling you know, all of this? It's so interesting too, because yoga asanas really help release that. Like mm. I know some people who have cried in classes and not necessarily because they're in a bad place but it's just like a release you know yeah um so it's just your body's way of 
letting go of that shit. <laughs> so, yeah. Especially when you're open. And then I love, like, yeah. recently I've been really trying to adopt the thought that you don't need to know what you're releasing as long as you're releasing yeah. it, right? We yes. don't, our brains always are like, but, but what was it? Or, but what was I sad about? And then at the end of the yeah. day, it's like, but it's gone. Why do you need to know it if it's already gone? Exactly. Um, I think that's a great way of also practicing um, non-attachment. Mm. So you've already released it. Why do you want to reel it in? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You're like trying to attract it even though it's already gone. I love it. Mm. Okay. Um, now I'm really excited to hear about your personal yoga journey. Um, yeah. What started that? And then I remember seeing that you were self-taught by Adrian and Candice, you said, right? Yeah. And then you went to Rishikesh too. So yeah, go. Tell us about your <laughs> yoga journey. I'm so excited. Yeah. So um, before I did my teacher training, which was in 2008, I've already been practicing yoga online. So yeah, yoga with Adrian, yoga by Candice. Um, so everything was just in YouTube. And um, personally, I'm already, I've already been like super self-aware of my body because I, I danced my whole life. Mm. So since I was like three years old maybe or ever since I could like start to walk um, yeah I started dancing so um movement has already been like a big part of my life mm. and um I just couldn't let go of that and then I just wanted to explore yoga yoga has for some reason opened something up in me and maybe I didn't realize it at that time but I just kept going back to it and so like a, a regular online practice for me was a huge deal mm -hmm. um, because I already had that um, body awareness, awareness that's yeah that's when I learned you know like doing headstands mm. <laughs> uh, doing like arm balances which I know could, could seem like a little dangerous because you are practicing at home but that's why I'm I'm emphasizing the whole body awareness thing yeah um so that was really big for me. Um, and then, like, just throughout the years, you know, I've been interested in, like, yoga philosophy. Basically, I was thinking, why do people get into yoga? And I don't know anyone who seems to be, like, I'm done with yoga. Like, mm. I'm out, you know? Yeah. So there's, there must be something there that people stick with the practice and this there must be something there that just allows them to delve deeper into the practice mm -hmm. um and that's something i really wanted to geek out on so um yeah that and then the thing is like i wanted to do i wanted to do teacher training but it's so expensive yeah um it's so expensive and this is how I want to tell the story of like manifesting my, my yoga teacher training. So before I did my yoga teacher training or before I decided to, to apply to one, uh, I actually did a retreat with a friend. And it was about, you know, learning what your passions are. It was about um, manifesting and, you know, like visualizing what you want for your life. Mm -hmm. uh, and during that retreat, we did this practice of like manifesting what you want to happen like in the future. So it's like 
okay, this is the setup. It's like you and your friend, you meet up in a cafe and you talk to one another as if what you wanted already happened. So it's like, mm. oh, hey, Karina, how are you doing? Like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing that, you know, you're highly spiritual episodes are doing so well i can't believe it's reaching like 40,000 views mm. <laughs> so insane you know <laughs> so um, you bring the way. emotion to it yeah <laughs> yeah and so like uh my friend said that to me like oh it's so nice to see you again back from your india trip how was it i'm so oh, happy to wow. see you like like doing and teaching yoga um and then after that whole exercise i just felt so down because i'm like I don't like, okay, <laughs> you know, we're doing this exercise, but like, let's be real. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I was really thinking about like the financial uh, quote unquote burden that I, I might give to my family if the I do decide to. The logical mind, right? Yeah. Because, um, you know, I didn't want to spend all that money that could be, you know, put in our savings. Like I was already married then. Yeah. Um, so my friend told me, <laughs> you know, like you have so many, you have like, you know, how to take pictures because I was already a photographer at that time. Um, and you know how to take videos. Maybe you can like talk to these schools and offer your services mm. to them. Maybe do like an energy exchange, you know, just explore that option. Yeah. And that was like a light bulb moment for me. Uh, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, you're, you're right. <laughs> So, like, literally after that retreat, I was such in a, like, high frequency mm -hmm. that I decided, okay, I'm already in this space. Let me write a letter and put all, like, that good juju in that letter mm -hmm. because I do believe that energy is everything. Yes. So, just being, like, super authentic and very sincere about my intentions uh, about doing yoga teacher training in exchange for my services as a photographer. So I emailed maybe five schools, specifically in India, and um, two replied, and then one really resonated with me. And this is where the magic happened. So like when he replied to me, he literally said, I was just thinking of updating our website. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and like putting up new pictures. Amazing. I want like photos for social media. Basically, just more content for our school. Mm -hmm. And when you sent that email, like he was literally thinking it. And then like his phone pinged and like oh, my, my email <laughs> arrived. <laughs> so that's how amazing everything was like mm. in terms of my journey um, to India. And, you know, the school was so, so generous. Um, they said, okay, you can work for us. Um, but I would suggest that you take a month working and then you spend another month doing your teacher training because mm -hmm. it can be pretty intense and you know you want to save your energy and i'm like that's so nice of you yeah um, and what's so amazing about this whole deal is that they never really did this to anyone um so they offered like 100 percent energy exchange so like my boarding was was already paid for the wow. teacher training was free food was free so i didn't have to worry about those basic Mm -hmm. things um and 
I'm like, okay, hold on. Like, this is like... <laughs> Too <laughs> good to be true. Yeah. It's so interesting that everything is like laid out there. Yeah. And the universe is kind of like just pushing me towards that direction. And then I'm like, okay, but what about like, what about flying to India? That's mm. going to cost so much. Um, and that's in Rishikesh. So uh, it's like two flights. So you fly to Delhi and then you get a local flight to Rishikesh mm-hmm. and then um and then my my tita my 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 aunt sent me a message and she's like um you know you can use my mile my miles is that what you call it? yeah oh yeah my miles and you know maybe oh, you can use that <laughs> for your flight. and I'm like oh my gosh <laughs> so yeah everything was just that's happening. amazing um so it's like for me I would feel like a lot of regret if I backed out of this whole situation. Yeah. And that's also like a tendency for me when things get too real. Um, I tend to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, too fast. Too fast. fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's but so amazing. I, but I'm glad I did. Yeah. And so I spent uh, two months uh, in India. So one month working and like meeting people and the other month doing my my teacher training and it was like just quite the experience that's amazing that's such a nice story yeah it's one of my favorite like uh, manifesting stories I love it it's like you just put yourself out there and the whole universe like literally conspired to meet you where you were standing yeah and And all it took was like to open up yeah yeah and like really I was just gonna say like just really putting that vibration and Mm. that energy in you know so to me that's like that's when I realized that energy is really like so important when you want something or when you want to work towards something Mm. the intention behind everything so it's not like oh I want to do teacher training and like try to get like a hundred percent barter you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so there's like there are no tries yeah there's like there's a difference of energy there so um that's like one of my biggest lessons uh, two years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. I'm actually just like, that's my lesson, I think, right now. Just understanding that intention is everything, right? Just the way the way you go into something, yeah, it changes the whole thing. And the outcome of it, too. I love yes. it. And, love you know, too. other people feel it as well. So, mm. um, like, let's say in my yoga classes like it's important for me to have like really really good intentions like it's just a rule for myself to be Mm. you know the best teacher I can be when I'm teaching these classes because I know that my my students are gonna feel it if I don't if I'm not like 100% in it you know so yeah that's really important Speaking of um, intentions, I just learned a little bit more about this interesting word that's been coming up for me called sankalpa. Do you know that? Do you know that word? Yes. Yeah. So I use that in in yoga nidra. So Mm -hmm. uh, sankalpa is your resolve. They call it in yoga nidra or like, yeah, your intention. And Mm -hmm. it's something that you want to sort of embed in your mind or in your in your essence as you do your yoga nidra because in yoga nidra you're like in that state right in that state where it's very easy for you to put a put an imprint in your mind 
Mm. Um, so your sankalpa or intention is so important in yoga nidra, and as much as possible, you don't want to change it. Um, you want to be like very clear with it. It's important that it's clear that it's short in a way, like very simple language, mm-hmm. and that it's also positive. That's like a huge thing. So you don't want to use the words. I don't want to, or mm. you know what I mean, like that energy. Yeah. You want you don't want to bring that energy in um, the intention. But yeah, please share. Like, what have you been learning about that? <laughs> um, so I'm in this um, Mars retrograde course where every week we learn like new things about how to deal with uh, Mars retrograding in Aries right now, which is a big theme of what's going on astrologically. But so, like I was telling you about Jenna Romer. So she is um, the teacher of this course, and she does astro nidras, so yoga nidras that are astrologically based. Mm. So in today's um, lesson, it was all about Tsankalpa. So I thought, since you were talking about yoga nidra, it would be really interesting to get your insight on Tsankalpa. So that's very interesting. And I have um, a question. So every time I do these astro nidras, or like, okay, let's say 80... 80% of the time, I end up passing out, like, boop, gone. And then I wake up, maybe, right as it's over. <laughs> I'm, like, mm-hmm. awake for, like, <laughs> ten, 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Yeah. And then I completely drift off. And then when she's like, thank you so much for, yeah, for being here, I'm suddenly <laughs> awake again. And so my question is, do these yoga nidras – um, still, like, have an effect on us if we fall asleep during them? Um, you know, I would think so. Um, but the main practice of yoga nidra is to really be aware. So it's like an art of feeling and hearing. Um, so it's important that you really try to, like, stay awake. <laughs> mm, and do it during a time that, like, I wouldn't be tempted to fall asleep. Yeah, right? although, like, it's so easy to fall asleep because yes. your body is so relaxed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and the voices on these nidras are just so calm. And it's like, yep, I'm wrapped oh. inside a cocoon of love. I just want to, you know, yeah, swim you know, right into it. That's super interesting, too, because, like, when I do my yoga nidra and when I talk, I try not to be too smoothing or like mm. you know what I mean like when I talk so I try to I don't really want to try to copy my teacher but like when my teacher was leading yoga nidra she's like just very and then your eyes and then so it's like you're not <laughs> you're not super relaxed yeah um you're just in that right spot where you can still hear that person and that person's not trying to like put you to sleep mm-hmm. very interesting all right I'm gonna try doing it some more and see what happens <laughs> yeah, the thing the thing with yoga nidra is it's also really great practice for meditation because mm. you're training your mind to focus on specific things. So, you know, like the, the monks call it monkey mind, right? Like mm-hmm. your mind just jumps from one thought to another. And yoga nidra is a great practice for you to just zone in mm. and like, put your awareness in one thought, another, another. So yeah, it's good. Like, I would like to say that in yoga asanas, you're trying to really practice your muscles and get that muscle memory. Mm -hmm. So it's the same with your mind. It's like you're training your mind to be more aware and be more focused. 
And what it is too is that you're focusing on different parts inside your body, right? Yeah. So you're yeah. training. So we're training our minds to be more like here rather than anywhere else in like who knows where. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Exactly. Just being completely present. Yeah, I love it. Very interesting. Okay, um, let's talk about. Do you have any like interesting stories or like favorite? Parts of your time in India, um, random encounters, or yeah, anything. Oh, so many. <laughs> yeah, let's um, top three. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's really hard to say, but the thing is, like, when I went to India, that's when I started my newsletter because I wanted to write letters to people who wanted to know about, you know, what what was going on there. Mm. Um, and it's interesting too because you know i i met so many i would call them like angels cuz it's cuz it's like you meet them for like 4 minutes you have a conversation and it kind of just like settles in and then i have to like grab my notebook and write about our conversation um but yeah i mean i can't honestly <laughs> i can't really like remember all these conversations um but in terms of my experience there in, in Rishikesh, and mm -hmm. uh, I would say you should really try to like visit that place because it really has that special energy. Um, I know it's in the mountains, go, right? Yeah, it's at the uh, foot of the Himalayas, like mm -hmm. the foothills of the Himalayas. So it mm -hmm. can be pretty, pretty cold. But just the energy of the people there, it's such a holy village because it's a very small village. And meeting everyone there, it's like they greet one another namaste. And it's like also thinking, okay, what does namaste really mean, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And it's like seeing or um, honoring the divine in you. Uh, the divine in me honors the divine in you or the light in me honors the light in you. And how can you it's so amazing that you greet someone that way mm -hmm. you know and um a, a friend of mine who worked there well i met her there mm -hmm. um she's like yeah you know if you're in mumbai then people would think you're weird like what are you saying <laughs> so it's so it's interesting that it's so it's such a normal way to greet one another namaste in that area and mm -hmm. then like outside of that it's just it's, it's just like a what's weird. going on yeah that's yeah. so interesting. Right? I feel like I feel like that might have like parallels. Like imagine over here if we were in the city as compared to if we were in one of the provinces, right? We'd at least smile and nod or like say komosa. Over yeah. here in the city we would be like, um, okay, you're in my way. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. So it, it could be interesting to, like, bring that here. So that's what I've been trying to yeah. apply as well. Like, you know, like, looking people in the eye, even mm -hmm. strangers, even if they feel a little weird about it. Um, but, like, just trying and to And just smile. Yeah. And, you know, just really trying to see and honor the light in that person, even if yeah. that person's a complete stranger. I mean, what a world would that be if mm -hmm. everyone just tried to like see everyone as light beings and like yep. just honor everyone right i love it so yeah yeah <laughs> i think it's so fascinating too that 
you know, smiles are just such a beautiful thing and so underrated and we already weren't doing it that much. Um, but like some of us, right, we're trying to incorporate it, try to bring it out. And now we have to wear masks. So even if we right. wanted to smile, it's like... That's why you got to smile with your eyes. Exactly. Smiles was meant. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I like your stories. That's very interesting. I love hearing about... Um, you know, like different lands. And it sounds so fascinating. Like, it's just um, such a nice vibe. Yeah, I, you know, and also like all of their ceremonies, like their mm. Ganga Arati, their, their, um, their fire ceremony by the Ganga River. Mm -hmm. And even if like, it's not like my religion, I guess, you know, you really feel... You really feel like the purity and the intentions of people um, during the the ceremony, um, and it's such a beautiful vibe, also. And even like the Ganga River, oh my gosh! Like you know, it's really about energy, and the energy there is just so 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 different. So like, yeah. if you have the money and the time, just like fly, fly to Rishikesh and. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. I remember going to the Ganga River when I was very young. I don't remember much of it, but I remember being there and it was a very holy place, right? And the and the really fascinating thing is it's not the cleanest, it's not the most beautiful, but when you're there yeah. it's just such a different feeling. Just like yeah. such such a serene feeling mm. almost, like to say. yeah mm. it's interesting too because that place can also have its contrasts mm. so it's like a very holy city but you know like the markets can be so busy you know not everyone's going to be honest about yep. what they're selling and you know how much they're selling it for exactly um you know it's also interesting how like they really just don't mind the cows and the cows mm. are just everywhere so a funny story would be me getting rammed by a cow oh my in goodness this, like, <laughs> in this really small alley yeah so um you know you might think that they're like very gentle creatures but no, no. not really <laughs> they cause traffic you wait for them to like cross the street um but how yeah. did you get rammed what happened because um, the alleys there are really, really <laughs> small. Like, it's just good for, like, maybe two people walking, right? Yeah. Cars can't even get in their alleys. Mm. So I was just go heading back to school, and there was this big cow. And I'm like, I think I'll fit. Like, I think I can make it. <laughs> so I just kind of like, excuse me. And he was like, whoa. So he like oh, no. literally rammed me to a wall and I'm like, oh my god, like I can feel oh. its horns like on my back. Oh. So I'm like, okay, that was a little scary, but oh, um, my it gosh. worked out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, that place. I mean, I have so many. I mean, if you want to just talk about like funny stories, you can do that. <laughs> um, that but also like a fun time, actually. But also, like, another beautiful experience that I had there was just moon bathing. So it was a full moon, and I went up our, our rooftop in school. And the view from the rooftop is that you can see the hills from there. Mm. And then you could literally see just the full moon right above the hills. 
Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to moon bathe. Like, I'm going to get my, my crystals. So I bought some crystals from there. I cleansed it in the Ganga River. And mm-hmm. now it's time to charge it with a full moon. So uh, I went up there. And there was already someone moon bathing. So it's like, I thought it was going to be, like, my thing. Yeah. But apparently, like, oh, hey, me too. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I love bathing under the moon. It's, like, one of my favorite things. So, you know, people, it's like, the people you want to meet are there. Yeah. <laughs> like if you want to just talk about like all things, you know, spiritual or woo, yeah. um, doshas, like, you know, people who would you normally talk to and be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. India. <laughs> Rishikesh. I love it. Sure. Amazing. Amazing. I need to go back there now that I'm older. Um, yes. All right. Let me just check my notes over here. Um, Okay, we have 15 minutes. Oh, wow. Right? That was really fast. Super fast. (laughs) Let's really quickly talk about... um, So I actually also started yoga with... By practicing at-home yoga. So for the longest time, I wanted to start yoga, start yoga. Finally, one day on YouTube, I found yoga with Adrienne, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to begin. And I started with one of her... 30-day challenges because right every year she does a 30-day challenge and so when you begin with a 30-day challenge it's kind of like it becomes a habit and so from I started that I think a little more than a year ago and from then on yoga has become such a like um, constant in my life nice but here's the thing the thing is that I don't know if I'm doing it right right or I don't know if I'm focusing on the right things, which is why actually we can quickly talk about what you're currently about to offer too, which is super exciting. Your strong foundations course. Yeah. Um, you want to talk about it a bit and then we'll come back. Yeah, to sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, actually we can dive into like doing home yoga and not being sure about mm-hmm. um, if we're doing it right. Um, so even when I was just practicing yoga at home for like four or five years, uh, it really made a huge difference when I did my teacher training because then they just break down everything mm. for you, how to properly do it. And um, so what I noticed in, let's say, like my classes, um, you know, like basic things, like what people would do in their classes, like transitions, doing your vinyasa, like your downward facing dog. Um, these are all like super fundamental poses that you would encounter in a regular yoga class. And some people still haven't like really figured out how to do it right. Because mm-hmm. like, what are you supposed to feel? How are you supposed to move your body? I'm feeling a little, let's say downward dog. I'm feeling so much tension on my wrists. Why is that? Um, and it's just really a matter of these like, small adjustments Mm. that you need to make in order to just fully get the benefit of the pose. And that's also like another thing, like all these poses have benefits to them. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why you're in a warrior pose, you're opening your hips, you're feeling strong and sturdy. Um, So I just wanted to make sure that people who practice at home uh, practice in a very safe way Mm. Like, just understanding their bodies, um, understanding their alignment, and making sure that they don't get injured because no yeah. one's there, no one's there to, exactly. to watch you, um, especially if you're doing YouTube, right? Or even on Zoom classes, you know, most of the time the teacher might be just demoing the whole class. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's important that you understand that practice. So that's what my program offers. Uh, it's strong foundation. So even if you've been practicing for, let's say, like a year, um, it could still be beneficial for you because then it opens up like all these breakdowns. So I have like instructionals per pose, how to properly do it, uh, what you're supposed to feel, what the objective of mm. each pose is, which could be interesting too, right? So it's really like, I realize that it's more of like a self-study thing. So it's part of yoga, self-study, and just diving into that in order for you to feel more confident in your yoga practice. I love that. I think it's so beautiful. The second I saw that you released it, I was like, yep. I want to do this just because that's exactly how I was feeling, right? I knew that I was doing yoga. I loved how it felt in my body, but I didn't know what should be like activated at that point. I didn't know. Yeah. For example, I know that pigeon is a hip opener. I know that, right? If my knees hurt, I need to open my hips. So then mm -hmm. I do pigeon but then I don't know what my objective out of pigeon is other than, okay, I'm trying to open my hips, you know, like little things like this. And I think it's amazing that you thought of like launching something like this. That's just really from the ground up that anybody would need to know. And also very fascinating that like so much around this year or recently is moving towards self-sovereignty, right? And just like tuning in and learning from yourself. So I think it's amazing that you're doing this in such a way that it's, okay, learn how it is in your strong foundation. Like this is not what someone else is going to tell you that you need to do, but instead yeah. feel it through and feel what your body is telling you rather than someone else telling you. Yeah, definitely. And the thing is, like, you know, the, there can be so many cues that a teacher can tell you in a class. There's such little time for them to, like, give you the mm. proper cues. So this is really, like, a chance for you to just, okay, how do I do, like, a proper warrior? How do I do a proper downward dog? Yeah. So just setting your time aside to learn these things so that you won't have to, like, worry about, you know, the teacher and, like, mm. the cues. So being confident enough in your practice. Mm -hmm. um, because you already know the, the foundational poses. Yeah. I love it. And then eventually just being able to incorporate it into whatever you want as your own practice. Right. That way you're yeah. like, then I'm like super excited too, because then I don't even need to depend on yoga with Adrian because then I'm like creating my own flow and I know what I'm doing because I know what I'm working on. So thank yeah. you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, Okay, we have a little bit more time. Really quickly, okay. want to ask you what spirituality is to you. So lately, I'm learning that spirituality can't really be measured by how many crystals you have or like, you know, the rituals that you do, although those are like amazing tools. Um, but for me, spirituality is really about connecting with yourself mm -hmm. and trying to listen more to your intuition and your highest self. So um, it, like, I think it was last week, I did a meditation, like a guided meditation to just connect with your highest self mm -hmm. and to listen to what message that your highest self is telling you. So that to me is spirituality. It's really giving yourself space 
mm-hmm. um, emptying out the things that are cluttering you mentally, physically, emotionally in order to create space for you to connect more with yourself and mm-hmm. then trusting yourself enough to act on those messages and to act on um, whatever your highest self is telling you. Mm-hmm. And um, it's such a challenging practice, but you know, it's something that you can practice throughout your life. <laughs> That's the thing. Like there's no goal. Um, exactly. There's like no goal that, Oh, I'll, I'm going to be spiritual once I do a certification yeah. on this, you know. <laughs> we're all so, spirits essentially, right? So you're just living exactly living out your spirit. Beautiful. Exactly. Um all right. Well, I love that explanation and I love the thought of channeling your highest self. Um quick question, how do you incorporate um let me see how to word this, right? What is like your daily spiritual routine to get you to begin your day? Let's say morning spiritual yeah. routine. I love, I love slow mornings. Um, so I usually or we usually walk our dogs in the morning, which can be like already like so energetic. <laughs> so as much as possible, like I want to wake up extra early. So mm-hmm. I usually wake up at like 6 a.m. nowadays. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I really take time for myself. So recently... I wake up ahead of my husband, um, ahead of the dogs, and I make my cacao drink. I get my journal, and I just sit on like our dining table. I look at the sunrise and just write the things that I'm grateful for, mm. for in the present and in the future as if it's already happened. So whatever I'm trying to work on, I'm like, oh, I'm so grateful that, you know, my Strong Foundations program is doing so well. Mm, and like, <laughs> um, and if I do have the time, I, I try to meditate. Um, but in the morning after you walk the dogs, then I do yoga asanas. And usually after yoga asanas, when everything is open, then that's like, for me, the best time to, to meditate. So that's how I start my day. Mm. I love it. That sounds like such a nice, like, welcome to the day. And that way you're, like, you're preparing your spirit. You're preparing your body. You're preparing your mind. And then when you yeah. go in, they're, like, all in harmony and, as compared you know, to, like... As much as possible, too. I just feel the need to say this, like, to not check your phone. I know it's, like, mm. so hard. <laughs> exactly. It's such a hard thing to do. But I just realized that when you do check your phone the first, like, the moment you wake up, it really messes personally with my mood. So like when I see something I don't like or mm-hmm. so um, I forgot the term in India, but like that, that imprint, right? So like your brain, your mind is so fresh that when you're scrolling through your Instagram, you create these imprints in your mind. Mm. And these are the things that already cause a lot of like emotions to, to build up so early in the day yeah so just like do yourself a favor and not check your phone for like an hour after you wake up <laughs> yeah I think that's really really important and I I think it's really important especially because like sometimes I feel like especially during weekends so I follow this practice very religiously of like not checking Instagram not not being on my phone a lot in the morning but on weekends, it becomes hard because then it's like, oh, it's a weekend. But I think it's so important to um, be consistent with it just because it's, it sets you up for success, right? 
So yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that you pointed that out and brought that up because I think it's really important, especially in today's day and age when so much is going on. Like, yep. we need the time to regroup. And the yeah. best part is it's for us. So why wouldn't we do it if it's like for us? <laughs> Yeah, and I think it just starts with awareness. So mm. um, some people can actually not be aware that they're just mindlessly scrolling, mindlessly checking for notifications. So yeah. that's like where it starts. Just be aware exactly. and you're good. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I've had so much fun. Okay, we have three more minutes. Um, <laughs> let's open up to questions. Any questions for any of us? And thank you, Tabitha. I love this. Yeah, this is such a fun conversation. <laughs> I know, super fun. I learned so much. I wanted to talk about so much more, but yeah, for, an, for another time. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> like we didn't even get to talk about channeling. Yeah, I know. Oh my goodness. Well, this is what usually happens when you're having fun. Time flies, isn't it? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, questions? Any questions? Let's see. Descending some hearts. Thanks for listening. Mm. Thanks for like the one heart. hour. <laughs> one hour isn't a joke. <laughs> yeah, seriously. For us, it went by real quick, but we don't know. Yeah. For anyone else, thank you. Thanks, guys. Um. Yeah, I guess we don't have any questions. Um. All right. Well, let's close with that. Yeah. Thank you, Thank you for having me. Thank you. This has been amazing. And thank you for sharing your knowledge. And thank you for your program. Oh, my gosh. Super oh, excited. My pleasure. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> How many minutes do we have? We have two minutes. Yeah. So um, we were talking about yoga nidra. So I suggest that you try that mostly for mental health. So since yoga nidra helps you sort of refocus your mind and it trains your mind not to think of too many things, which is usually the case um, with mental, uh, I wouldn't say problems, but like just having too many, too many mind. Um, <laughs> I would suggest that. So like, I think in my YouTube channel, I have like a 17 minute yoga nidra. It's something that you can try. Um, I really suggest that to my friends who either have a hard time sleeping because they have too many thoughts or um, just feel a little anxious. So people who are anxious, my clients, um, this is a great practice for you. So even look it up, yoga nidra. Yeah. Her awakening, right? <laughs> in company yes, of yeah. angels. What, mom? All right, that's oh. my mom. That's my boyfriend oh. and my mom. <laughs> okay, thank you guys. Thank you for watching. We are at a minute, so I think it's going to cut off soon. So thank you so much, Tabitha. I appreciate Thanks, it. I will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for watching. <laughs>